Hello, everybody. This is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. And this is Zen Parenting Radio. Welcome to the show, or as I like to call it, the installment. <laughs> and we are going to be talking today about sexuality and how to talk about sexuality with our children. Isn't that right? Yeah, deep topic. Deep topic. Deep. So we are here to embarrass myself and everybody else. Yes. Well, hopefully that's the whole goal of this talk is to find a place where it doesn't have to be embarrassing and we can normalize it a little bit. We are going to normalize the big S-E-X word. And um, But one thing I wanted to say, we want to talk about a few things before we get into the content of the show. Well, this is part of the content of the show. It's just a different different uh, angle. Okay, different angle. So the first thing is um, Parenting Unplugged is the show that precedes us yes. and they have some really cool intro music. Yes. And we don't. We need some intro music. We need some intro music. So we are calling upon our audience yeah. to come up with a little ditty. Because it has to be something that comes straight from you. Who? Well, who? you can't just recommend a song to us. We have to that have someone's work. original music because we have to get you yeah. know, permission to use it. We did a video that's on our website that introduces what Zen Parenting Radio is all about. And we wanted to put it to a really good Pearl Jam song. Yeah. And, and our it. producer said, no, can't do it. So we didn't have permission from Pearl Jam. And I tried. I emailed them. We even emailed them. <laughs> and I, we could not believe that they did not and respond to us. And I still haven't us. heard from them. That's, it's, yeah. I'm sure they'll get to me. I'll soon. call Eddie. He's from Chicago. Yeah. that's. So. I thought. That's really what I thought. Since he was from Chicago, you'd think, "Oh yeah, Zen Parenting." I'll let you. That's use right. My song. Um, so you wanted to talk. You wanted to make fun of me. I did want to make fun of you. So I'm going to make fun of you, but also, you know, give some information here. For um, you probably know this already because we talk about it a lot. But you can find our show on iTunes. You can also find it, you know, from our website, ZenParentingRadio.com, and we're on Facebook and everything. But you can find us on iTunes. And I was reading um, the comments that people have made, which have been very kind, by the way. Thank you very much. And as I was reading down, I see that there's a comment from my husband. Well, first of all, I am a shameless (laughs) self-promoter to the point of um, maybe driving some of our audience crazy. Well, and I love the self-promotion, but what cracks me up about your iTunes comment is you don't have to put your name. Like like your sister wrote California Nanny, and there was a few other people who wrote things that I don't even know who these people are. They may not even be friends of ours. So what did I say? They wrote... Just they made up names for themselves. You wrote Todd Adams. That's right. And, and what, then here's what, what you wrote. You wrote something to the effect of these guys are really great and entertaining. These they, two get it. These, <laughs> so we get it. I mean, if, if you read our the comment, we we get we it. We get it. But what makes me laugh is you're saying that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to say that, you need to hide that that's you, or at least. I would. Well, I thought that they were going to give me an opportunity name. to come up with a nickname. Well, but see, everybody else had the opportunity because you're the only one who put your real name. Maybe I was distracted when I was doing oh, it. Just I thought made I was going to get another shot at I it. I literally like laughed out loud when I read that because it says, Todd Adams, these two get it. These two get it. <laughs> Unless it was some other Todd Adams. Um, it could have been, I guess. So I challenge our audience to look <laughs> at my silly comment that my wife is making fun of me for and to provide their own comments. Yeah, so. please provide your own comments. Um, so anyway, let's let's get to what we're talking about. Well, here. first of all, this uh, idea of topic of talking about sexuality came up because you recently did a presentation. Um, yes. Or it wasn't really a presentation. What was it? It was, it was a discussion. Basically, what, um, what I did is I went into somebody's home, and um, it was a group of women that are friends and that know each other, 
and I know them too. They're wonderful ladies. And um, there was about, I think, 10, 11, 12, 13 of us. And we just sat around and I basically did, you know, did a presentation. I shared some information, but it was also a lot of back and forth question, you know, questions and answers, other people's opinions on things. And we just had a really open discussion about a subject that's not easy to talk about. Uh-huh. And I think it was, we, we focused specifically on our daughters, but I think it really lends to daughters and sons. I don't think it's just about girls. Um, but it was really great, and it made it. It was very low key because it was in someone's home, and like I said, everyone knew each other. It was a kind group of part of, of a book club, or yeah, something it was like, like it was yeah, it was like a neighborhood group, and also everyone had a glass of wine, and we were all sitting next to a fireplace. So the the comfort around us, I think, added to the comfort of the conversation. Right, made it made it a little bit easier instead of being in some stucky old yes conference like, room somewhere yeah. in the middle of the day, so. or like me up on a stage presenting this information. It just makes it more you know stiff and not as easy to talk about. I was about to go somewhere, I know, but don't, I'm not don't, going don't, to go don't. there. So, <laughs> um, right, right when that word came out of my mouth, I, I said know. he's going to do that. I'm but not, remember, this is this is PG well, radio. What I can say is that's what she said. <laughs> okay. That's, that's in the in the words of Michael Scott. Okay, so let's let's go. Can I just start and then jump right into we'll it? We'll add to this conversation. Please jump. Okay. So the first thing I started out with when I was talking to these ladies is making sure that people understand that sexuality is not just about sex. It's not just about sexual intercourse. Like, for example, I was talking to a friend of mine in uh, yoga class uh, about a week ago before I did this presentation, and I said, um, I'm going to do a discussion group about sexuality tonight with our, daughters, with our daughters. And she said, oh, my gosh, are, you're not talking to your daughters about that yet, are you? And I said, well, yes, but I'm not talking to them about the things you think I'm talking to them about. You're not giving them the birds and the bees. I'm not sitting them down at six years old or five years old and saying, okay, here's the birds and the bees talk. But I am beginning the discussion of them um, getting to know their bodies, getting to know the language around their bodies, meaning, you know, when we talk to our kids about their bodies, using the correct words... I think is really important. Yeah, that's something we choose to do. We do. You know, it, you call a vagina a vagina, and you call a penis a penis, and I that's, can't believe you just said that. To I our well, I'm sorry, but this is uh, this is the comfort that I'm trying to create right. is that's what their body parts are, <laughs> mm-hmm. and people will say to me, people have said to me, but if I say that, then they're going to go out and they're going to say, hey, this is my vagina, this mm-hmm. you know, and you know, first of all, they're little kids, and if they do that, adults understand. Second of all, if the if it's normalized for them, if it's a part of their body, just like their leg or their arm they don't go out in the world and say hey this is my leg this is my arm i mean it's a part of their body but having said that we got home from monday night from our date night yeah and our babysitter said that they girls wanted to do a parade and in the parade the only word that they said was vagina 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 a real yeah you're right that that is true and part of that i think is because our three-year-old our little one is just getting to understand that word right. and what okay. that is. And so I think that the girl the older girls know that well, you know, they they have a silliness factor with it, but right. also they do that at home right. in the comfort yeah, of Yeah, it's their not own. like they're in the grocery store right. walking down. And it's not like now. they're in school and we're hearing from their teachers that they're saying that. They just know that, you know, their sisters learning it for the first time and and of course kids know there's some um What's the word? Personal? Yeah, it's it's private. It's a, you know, they know it's private. And so just the the fact that it's private makes it more interesting to talk about. Right. And um, my friend um, Deb Casey actually said something to me the other day that, or during the presentation that I thought was a really 
good comment. She said there's a big difference between privacy and secrecy. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's so important about that is it's not like, oh, that's that's a secret part. Don't talk about that. That's, you know, your body, that's a body part that you don't discuss. It's that's a private part that's yours. It's yours to to look at, to touch, to do with what you want, but it is private. It's not for everybody else. Whereas so, the word secret uh, carries a different energy yeah. that says there's something wrong with it, maybe. Exactly. Like a heaviness, like there's something wrong with it, like you shouldn't talk about it or it's not okay to look. Mm-hmm. It's their body. Mm-hmm. And and they the the thing that I wanted to get into about, you know, sexuality is that sexuality is is also about building children's confidence, mm-hmm. helping them understand themselves, helping them feel comfortable with who they are. Um, it's not just about the act of sex. Right. So if kids can have an understanding of their body and appreciate it and know that it's theirs and know that, that there's there's nothing that they can't ask about, there's nothing that they can't look into, then there's a sense of comfort with self. If there's a sense that I'm not even supposed to look down there, touch down there, you know, I don't know what's going on down there, I'm too afraid to ask questions about what's going on down there, their confidence is well, lacking. Well, and I think... Um, as a parent, it's not like anybody ever says, "Well, this is a, this is." I think a very fruitful discussion to have because I think a lot of a, par- a lot of parents, and there's even a part of me that that kind of gets the queasies when I think about sexuality, talking to my daughters about it. I mean, there's and you know, it's I suppose there's a part of me that's a difference between boys and girls, but the bottom line is, although I know everything you're saying is is right and what we believe in as a family, but there's still a sense of uh, there's a small part of um, uh, weirdness uh, not knowing how to do it I guess it's it's just a matter of us not knowing how to deal with this and I think because parents don't know how to deal with it they, they don't choose deal with it not to do anything right. at all and I think the position I'm coming from is I don't want to act as if oh it doesn't bother me at all but it is it's more normalized for me because I talk about this with people this is part of what I teach and I feel comfortable talking to my girls about it and and so I don't have I have a of course the normal queasiness like you said like like everyone does but for the most part I feel pretty comfortable about it and the thing is is that if we can normalize it more for them I think that you know well let me well you know what let's say this first okay there's some work that maybe we need to do first as parents right. before we begin these sexuality talks with our children. So just don't jump right into it. Have a plan, maybe. Well, have well have a plan. You first of all, you and I, and this is for everybody else too. But I'm just looking at Todd. You and I need to figure out what we want to teach the girls right. about sexuality. We need to have a plan about what we believe. Right. What we would like them to, what we want to share with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't force them to believe anything, but what we want to share with them, and you know, have a have a understanding of what we believe before we start this process. And I think that's a that's a piece that a lot of families just skip over. They just kind of roll with it rather than say, okay, let's figure out our belief system and then teach our children. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting subject. Like I said, there's some uh, queasiness to it, but if you don't have a plan, then you're just going to forget you're gonna about it. it. You're going to avoid it. Yeah. Because the the truth is, is I can't go into a presentation and say to um, moms and dads, "Here's what you teach your kids," 
because there's a lot of belief systems um, that are based in religion right. and based in everyone's um, spiritual development and um, based in what, uh, you know, just their own, maybe their culture. And so this is these kind of decisions have to be made within the family. I can give you some information about some things that I believe that are helpful as far as building children's confidence and helping them understand themselves better and helping them embrace their sexuality as a normal functioning, you know, a, a normal part of their, their body. Well, and the only thing that I will say is it's not like you and I have these big meetings together to talk about, okay, this is exactly what our plan is going no. to be. It's more in the background, but we talk about it. But, you know, if, if you're calling me out right now and saying, okay, what is my mantra? Or what do I think of when I think about sexuality for my daughters? Like the one thing that kind of sticks in my mind is is teaching my daughters to respect their body. Yes. And I think that's probably one layer of it. I'm sure I can go even uh, further down than that. But I was going to say, what does it mean to respect their bodies? That means don't use your body to do um, to gain power, I guess. Okay. Don't use your body because you think somebody else will like you better mm-hmm. because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is your body and you need to respect it. And, you know, you could carry that with you know treating your body well with you know not 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 poisoning it with too much alcohol when you're in college right and, there's there's connections to right everything. there's connections to everything mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think it's more i mean i think of all the the what it was like to be a boy in high school and all these hormones and everything else what was that like well first of all i went <laughs> to an, i'm not a boy well i went to an all boys jesuit high school so mm. it was kind of an interesting thing so there were no girls around uh, during school, we saw them like afterwards. So was it easier to focus on academics? Absolutely. Or? Was it really? Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, you know, I, uh, yeah, I think that there's no doubt. Now, does that mean my high school experience was better than somebody who like went, me, to co-ed? I went to a public school? You yeah. and I actually argue all the time because you think that your high school experience is so great. My high school experience was awesome. Because you had all these, <laughs> you know, fun relationships with boys and girls and and there was a bigger mix. And, and we had dances right. and parties. And I, it just, it felt very, I actually wrote about this uh, last year about how my relationships uh, with boys were very, um, I was very comfortable with guys because I had a lot of guy friends. Right. And you went through high school, really girls were just, I don't know, what were girls to you? Girls were something that I was very interested in, yet I didn't have a whole lot of access to them. Right. Because I didn't see them during the day. Um, but... At the same time, you know, we kind of went to this uh, preparatory high school called Loyal Academy here in Wilmette, Illinois, and, you know, the focus was learning and academics and, and all that, and, you know, if there's a bunch of girls around, I think I'd probably be pretty distracted. Well, see, that's an assumption that you make. That is an assumption. But the thing is, is I went to school with boys from preschool on, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm sure there were there were times that there was distractions because of male-female relationships, but I was so used to that. That's all I know. Right. So then it maybe wasn't a distraction because it's all you Because know. let's talk about this. So I went to, we actually went to college together. I then went to college, and of course it was normal, you know, to live down the hall from guys or to, mm-hmm. you know, have guys in my classroom, you know, that kind of thing. And you were probably like, whoa. Well, not only that. That, my freshman year, I went to Drake University. The ratio of girls to boys was for every two guys, there was seven girls. I know. Believe me, we know. And that the girls was, from Drake know this. That was a good thing. To and you guys. Yes. yes. And yes. that was a really good thing. I know. Guys could just go to Drake and be cool instantly. Well, I was cool, but that <laughs> didn't hurt that there were seven girls that could think I was cool out of right. the two. So, exactly. So, so anyway, what I asked you, the original question was, you know, what you were taught in school or what, you know, 
know, what did you think as a boy growing up? Like, did you have a sense of understanding your sexuality? Um, I don't know. I think, once again, my parents did the best job they could. But, you know, a lot of it was, you know, and not to say, you know, we, I had my birds and bees talks with my parental figures, but... Um, I don't know if we went a whole lot further than that. I right. think it was a pretty typical well, you know what experience. I, what I experienced, and a lot of people from um, our generation experienced, was we got books. Yeah, and we in sixth grade we had sex ed, which is and really we had weird. it in fifth grade. And I think the the piece though that's missing is that we get the we get the talk about okay, here's how your body works, mm-hmm. but we all know that it's more than just how your body works. Mm-hmm. There's a huge emotional component. Yeah. There's a huge um, self-esteem component about how we feel about ourselves and, and why you know sex comes into our lives or why we feel certain ways. And there's a huge normalizing component that I think we miss where it is so normal for kids to be interested and touch their bodies. It is so... No- and when they're even really little, and a lot of parents will slap their hands away and say, don't do that and don't touch down there or don't look down there. That's ex- that, it's And that's their a message body. that you're sending. Exactly, and you're sending them a message that there's something negative about that. And, and then if you fast forward 20 years, what is the result of somebody constantly being taught that, you know, you know, don't touch your body, don't look at your body, don't talk about your body? It, what is the negative ramifications of something like that growing well, up in an unhealthy... It's going to show up differently, but the three words that you got, you and I always say, guilt, shame, fear, right. and confusion right. about sexuality. And sometimes confusion about sexuality leads to a, a promiscuousness, mm-hmm. right. and sometimes it leads to totally shutting down and numbing out about it. Right. And so I think, you know, I, I just think that the the piece that's so important is the ability to talk about it with your kids in such a way where they don't feel like they're going to be judged and that you can be clear enough in yourself about how you feel about sexuality. So when they come to you with things that are maybe big or Mm -hmm. heavy or, um, you know, uh, questions that might be a little embarrassing, you can be there for it. You can be present for it. You don't judge and say, you shouldn't ask that. Like, again, some of my friends have said that, you know, their little girls or little boys have asked questions, you know, about their penis or their vagina, and they're only like three, four, five. And the parents will say, well, you shouldn't be asking that yet. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They are asking it. Right. And so if they're asking it, we have to be prepared with some kind of child developmentally appropriate response. Did I say that right? child developmentally appropriate response. There you Does go. that make sense? Yeah. So basically what I mean is that doesn't mean we launch into a, a birds and bees talk and tell them things that we would tell them when they're 16. Mm-hmm. But we can at least say, yes, that's, you know, I understand that feels right. good. Or yeah, that's normal. That's right. how bodies work. And so it's like normalizing sexuality as a whole rather than saying that's not something we're going to talk about until the day you turn 13. Well, and I'll bet you that there is plenty of parents out there that say, well, they're going to get sex ed in fifth grade, so I'm just going to let the school deal with it. And that just seems so messed up. Well, do... And not, not that you don't get that, but if you don't get it from your parents, then I feel like you're just... Rolling the dice and hoping that the all the dots connect at some point. Right. To lean on the school system to teach your kids about something so important as sexuality is a huge gamble. Well, not only the gamble, but are, do you expect the school to teach your values mm-hmm. and the, what you believe to be right for your family right. and what your... Because again, you can't force your child to think a certain way, but it really helps if you're clear about what your values are and you start teaching those at a young age. Mm-hmm. And that's different for every family. I would never 
say to a family, here's what you should, here's exactly what you should say. But I will give you what we believe. Right. You know, you and I have talked about what we believe, and then you can take that or leave that, right. you know, as we always say. Right. And the, the other piece that I think is important regarding the school is that, again, they are teaching the way the body functions, but they're probably not getting into the emotional, spiritual, um, part just of deeper sex. the deeper side of it instead of the mechanics right yeah uh, how the body works right so maybe the maybe the school will be good at teaching you the mechanics of how everything works and what to expect when you're going through puberty and all this other stuff <clears throat> and you know what let's uh, you know just to kind of share something yes the school teaches some of that information but the truth is and you know this to be true because you experienced this with me is when <clears throat> you and i decided to um have a child I started reading books about fertility to learn more about my body. Right. And okay, what what was I, 30 years old, 31 right. years old? And I had no idea you had no clue. what was happening in my body. I didn't understand anything about ovulation. I didn't understand anything about, you know, I, I knew the basics. You know, your period comes every 28 to 35 days, all that kind of stuff. I knew the basics, but I didn't understand what was happening in my body and how to gauge that on my own, that I actually have the power to understand what my body is doing. Do you remember how annoyed I was when I was reading that book? I, I actually remember you being fascinated with all the stuff that has to go right in order for somebody A to get pregnant. To be born, right? Yeah, I mean, there's all these, and I don't even know what they are, but you read all these books. Uh, Take Charge of Your Fertility, uh, and, Tony Weschler, great and it, book. it talked about, you know, all these amazing things that you never knew before. So I guess what I want to get at is there's, it's, you know, like you said, sex isn't just about the mechanics of intercourse. It is, you know, you could take it so many layers so many and it's layers. not like you're going to talk to your 11 year old about the miracle of you know, what has to happen in order for a sperm and an egg to meet, but you can, you know, continue that education. It's not one night you sit down and then you're done. That's the thing. And that's what I'm trying to say about starting this conversation early is is you start with body parts. You start with normalizing, you know, that certain things feel good. You give them permission to look and Mm -hmm. to touch. And again, I know not everyone's going to love that. This is just what we believe. That's their body. But here's the key. It's not like they can go to school and, you know, and, and, touch and that's okay what we share with the girls is that is private again as deb said not secret but private um it's a private area and so that's something you do in your room Mm -hmm. or in the bathroom or somewhere where you're by yourself because that's just for you that's your body and so that's what we teach the girls so they understand that you know when we're when they're at school or when we're in a store or whatever that's not the appropriate place to touch right and you know you've said it twice but i i think it's worth mentioning again this is just what you and I think. Right. But I think the advice that we want to give to our listeners is talk to your partner and say and and throw it out on the table saying this is what our belief system is. These are the direct this is the direction we want to point our son or our daughter. So and, how do we do that? And figure it out for yeah. yourself. This is, this is we're just basically giving you one example of a million examples of how you can approach it. I think the one thing that we do think that should happen is you should talk about it and not pretend it doesn't happen. Exactly. And the thing that I think is we've got, you know, I said to you, um, we had a good talk last week about this in regards to how do we teach our children? Okay, we're looking at our little kids. We want to teach them to understand their bodies so they have some self-confidence and, you know, have some understand how their body works. We also want them to make good choices in their teenage years that are developmentally appropriate for them, meaning emotionally um, a teenager, especially an early teenager, is not ready for sex because of the emotional components that are involved. They're just cognitively and emotionally not ready. So we'd like them to wait, correct? 
But then when they get into an age where they are ready to have sex or they're in a committed relationship or they're in love, we want them to have a great sex life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Aren't those the gifts we want to give our kids? But these are the things we need to talk about. I don't have a magic thing to say, here's how you do it. But that's something that Todd and I are very clear about. That's our plan. Yeah. Is like we want to talk to them so they they feel comfortable and we normalize parts of their bodies. And then we want to help them make choices in their teenage years to not give themselves away. You know, to, to have enough respect for themselves that they are not looking to others to validate who they are. Well, and the funny thing is, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but what I hear all the mm-hmm. time is when people say that, oh, you have three daughters, you're just in so much trouble, all that stuff. And I pretty much discount when I hear that because I, I hear it all the time. But they're like, you know, um, well, when you have a daughter, um, you have every penis you got to worry about. When you're, a, when, when you're, when you have a son, you, you only, only have, have one. one you have to I worry about. Too. I mean, I hear that all the time. But see, then that totally disrespects our girls. Absolutely, because that makes it sound like that they have no, that, um, they yeah. have no brains of their own. Yeah, that drives me crazy. You know, I and I think I've, I, I want to write a blog on your blog Please about this do. because I have had uh, associates, customers, uh, you know, friends. friends that tell me how they're going to be so intimidating to any boy who walks through the door. And, you know, one guy even said to me, he's like, I have a baseball bat on the kitchen counter oh, and I geez. show it to this son, to scare, to this boy, to scare the living daylights in case he ever touches my daughter. And I, I, I don't agree with that. I guess I can understand why this person might want to do that, but it completely disregards my daughter's ability to make some good decisions. Right. If I am the one protecting her 100%, then that basically lets her off the hook. She doesn't have to do any thinking for herself. And and if that's the way that we teach her that life happens, that everyone else is going to be protecting her, Mm -hmm. then she's not going to think for herself. She's going to look outside of herself for support. She's not not going to trust and have confidence in her own abilities to make choices. I mean, of course, there's things that can happen to women where it goes beyond their... but, But at the same time, in typical situations, girls have a say. Girls, mm-hmm. we have a say, correct? You know, it's not like it's all about a guy's choice. Well, and the one macho thing mm-hmm. I will say, and maybe it's not macho at all, but I will say that there will be a time in each of my daughter's life where it's time to learn self-defense classes. Sure. You know, I, I don't know what they do, but they you go to some place and they teach you how to use your keys as a weapon. And how Totally. To- my mom took me to <clears throat> excuse me, a self-defense course, and I still share things about that, about walking down the street and making sure you're not looking down on the ground, but looking up and, you know, carrying mace or whatever. I still keep those things right. so, sacred. So, so it's not like, oh, well, I'm just going to let my daughters just carefree and do it. No, I'm going to prepare them and give them the tools to take care of themselves. And if there is a time when I feel like I need to assert myself and, and help my daughter, I will do it. But I'm not going to blindly do it and just make sure that every single boy out there is completely intimidated of me because it discounts and disregards my daughter's ability to think for herself. And that is and some, take care of herself. And take care of herself. And that's something we try to do in every other part of her life. Why would this be any different? Exactly. So basically what you're saying is we're going to, as starting from a young age, we're going to emotionally prepare them mm-hmm. so we can start ha- having these discussions. And as they get older, you'll physically prepare them so they can take care of themselves in maybe a more physical way. And, you know, obviously along the way, we'll give them tips to be wise about, you know, where they go and where they walk and where they live and that kind of thing. And so we, we prepare them as we go, but we don't 
take charge of it all and, and, and necessarily make all those choices for them. Well, and hopefully all of those things that we do will prepare them at one point in their life to have a healthy sex life because right. it's an important part. Because isn't that what we want for them eventually? Absolutely. Not at 13, not maybe even at 15, 16, 17, 18, but eventually when they're an adult in a committed relationship, I don't want my daughter to feel shame and guilt and discomfort with her body. Because, again, we you know we could do a whole nother talk on body image and mm-hmm. helping our girls feel comfortable in their skin because that has to do with sexuality too. Yeah. Um, but our, our goal in the long run is to, you know, I feel like we keep saying the same thing, but it's worth saying. Comfort, yeah. understanding, self-respect, being able to come to us when they are confused about something and us not freaking out and jumping all over them about it, but saying... Being available to listen and not judge. And what about providing outlets in case your son or your daughter doesn't feel comfortable coming to us? That's that's such a good... I'm so glad you brought that up because that's what a lot of parents say to me as well. You know, I told my, my children after they have sex ed, if they have any questions, come to me. Well, honestly... They probably won't initially. I mean, maybe they will, you know, if you've built that relationship. But if that relationship isn't in place, you want to give your kids permission to go to other people to to talk to. Like if um, they have older cousins who you trust or if they have an aunt or they have a grandma that they can go to and ask these questions and talk to those people first. Mm -hmm. Talk to grandma and aunt and cousins and say, you know, can my girls or can my boys come talk to you if they have questions because they may not feel comfortable coming to me. And giving your kids permission to do that, telling them. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk to me, I'm okay with that. Because yeah. I've already, not necessarily about sexuality, but I've already told the girls if they have questions about something with peers that they can talk to Maddie, who's yeah. our niece, who's 14, or Max, um, our nephew who's 11. Yeah, provide as many different outlets, healthy outlets. Yes, if people they you don't, trust. Because if they don't come to us or people we trust, they're going to get the information from somebody else. Right, and so we want to kind of create a support system around them, people who love them, who want them to succeed as much as we do, and who want them to feel comfortable in their skin. So creating that uh, support group is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, do you want to talk about anything? I will say that since we're on this discussion and this is, you know, when I talked to the ladies the other night, we talked for like two and a half hours about sexuality. 30 minutes is just starting Mm -hmm. the process. So if this is interesting to you, or this is something you think you would like to talk about more, um, please email me, go on my website and email me um, because I can come to your home with a group of people. It can be men and women, couples, you know, whatever. And we can have this discussion and help you get started on um, talking to your children in an effective way about sexuality. So again, my website, kathykasaniadams.com. My book has been selling pretty well lately. So check out my book too. Um, And that's all I have to say. Um, Two things. One is um, I want to make sure that our audience knows of different resources that are available. And and the station that we're affiliated with is pagatine.fm. And um, Todd and Laura just did a show on sleep, sleeping, and how important sleep is and sleep deprivation. Great reminders for Great us. Great reminders. We could have a show like that ourselves, but we're not going to do it because they just did it. So if anybody out there is kind of in that um, frustration with sleep, then um, Check look out it up. Parenting Unplugged. Parenting Unplugged. And then Love More Family Relationships is a really, really good parenting show. So I recommend everybody to tune in. And lastly, our sponsor is Avid Company. Uh, painting, remodeling, additions for the Chicagoland area. Give uh, Jeremy Craft, Avid Company, call 630-956-1800. And his website is www.avidco.net. And he's still having that basement special. Basement. So if you're looking to redo your basement, get in touch with him. Check it out. So this is Todd Adams saying, those aren't pillows. <laughs> and this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week.